1: is up podcast land welcome to the oklahoma outdoors podcast i as usual am your host mr john Hudsmith, and thank you so much for tuning in today Man, I hope, I really, really hope that everybody was able to get out to the Backwoods show this last weekend. It was a fantastic show. Uh, went and spent most of the day on Saturday out there. Let me tell you, there was a crowd. It was awesome. It was very encouraging to see, uh, not just for the vendors uh, that were there, but also just for for hunting and fishing in general, for the state of Oklahoma in general, for the sportsmen and women of this state. It's just very encouraging to see how much participation we had out there at the backwoods show this year so i had a heck of a time uh i got to you know hang out with the guys from arrowhead land company got to meet several uh previous podcast guests uh got to meet some old friends and uh, and make some new friends so i had a fantastic time really took my time going through all the booths talking to everybody got to meet a lot of great people uh got to meet some companies and folks that i'm gonna have on the show so that's always good Uh, And just, you know, spreading the joy to you guys. So, like I said, I hope you made it out. Um, Like I said, also lots of really, really cool booths. Um, I learned some things while I was there. uh, Found some cool products. And uh, not only was the Backwoods show going on, there was also a gun show that I snuck into for a little bit. And then I believe there was also a classic car uh, thing going on. Uh, I didn't actually go to it, but I heard a lot of revving engines and things. And I, I think I remember from last year that there was also a car show that weekend. So anyway, busy time at the fairgrounds. Um, anytime, you know, I, I really don't make it to Oklahoma City that much. It's just it's not super close to where I live um and so yeah but anytime i get to go there i i really enjoy it i really do and uh man watching it kind of grow and become what it's come become today is pretty awesome so so yeah great time in the city ate some good food uh like i said talked to people hung out met some great folks and y'all are going to reap the benefits of that whether you made it or not because like i said several of those people are going to end up coming on the podcast so so, yeah, great time there. Um, that's about all I did last weekend. Went to the show, uh, hung out with my, my wife and baby a little bit. My wife has been super, super busy the last few weeks. Um, and so we got to spend some time Saturday evening and then most of the day Sunday together. So that was really, really special. And uh, so, yeah, always look forward to that. Uh, man, it's continuing to rain, been raining. Uh, I, I really want to get some burning done on our place, even though it's probably still a little bit too early, but we're, we're getting close to the time to, to do all the controlled burns. Um, got my fire line set. But it is just a swamp out there. So I'm actually heading out to the ranch this coming weekend. Uh, my wife is leaving on a, a spring break trip. She's taking a, a bunch of youth to New Orleans to spread the gospel out there. And so uh, pray for her. Pray for all the kiddos. And uh, so me and me and little Hallie, me and my baby girl, we're going to head to the ranch on Saturday. Uh, getting some things ready for something that I have coming up at the end of March uh, early april that i'm not quite ready to share with you guys but i uh, got a, a, a fun event coming up that uh, i'm getting prepared for so gonna head out there make sure everything's ready probably i'm looking at the the date right now um probably going to do my first real shed hunt if i have time not sure i'm gonna have time yet but if i have time i'm gonna do my first real shed hunt um the the bucks that i had showing up on my camera i'm not sure if the camera quit working or what i haven't been getting any pictures from that camera uh i didn't replace the batteries last time i was up there but i thought the batteries were good um but yeah, so, uh, so anyway, yeah, not getting any pictures at all really, but I am guessing by the time this weekend comes around, there should be some antlers on the ground. So getting ready to do my first real shed hunt. Like I said, hopefully if I have time, uh, it's going to be fun too. Cause like I said, I'm going to have my daughter with me. She's eight months old as of yesterday, I think. Uh, and so going to take the backpack, strap her to me and, and do some walking. So really looking forward to that. Looking forward to get her out there. Uh, My goal is to take as many cute pictures of her as possible to send to my wife while she's away to make her jealous. And so that's kind of what I have planned uh, with her coming up. And uh, next week, I'm going to be all on my own. My wife leaves on uh Saturday morning super early and doesn't get home until Friday of next week. So I'm going to have little girl all to myself the entire week while working a full-time job. So we're going to see how that goes. Got lots of babysitters lined up, lots of help. Uh my mom, uh my wife's mom, my wife's grandma. So yeah, pray for me as well uh as my wife's away because it's going to be it's going to be a time. So Let's see here, what else? I'm trying to think of anything else, guys. Um, I'm still dying to get my boat out in the water. I've not taken it out of storage yet. Uh, like I said, a a big part of it is not necessarily how busy I've been, but how busy my wife has been, uh, which makes it just hard for me to break away with the baby and everything, but I need to get the boat out on the water. Definitely, um, man, walking around the backwoods show, seeing all the fishing booths, all the fishing guides, it makes me really, really want to get out there. Uh, ran into the guys from SNS guide service that I went crappie fishing with last year. Uh, so it was cool catching up. Uh, Les was not there. Les was at a show, but his son was there. And so it was great hanging out with them. And I'm telling you guys, I got the fishing bug. I just don't have the ability to get out there and do any fishing. So so yeah, that's uh, that's my long rambly intro. I think that's pretty much all I got for you guys in this intro. So uh, at the time I'm doing this, I've not actually recorded my uh, episode that I'm just about to drop with you guys. But I got home from work a little bit early, so I figured I'd get a jump on it. Uh, so yes, I have not recorded the episode, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one. I have the guest lined up and everything. Uh, we are going to be talking today to Mr. Keith Williams of A&M Calls. And so I, this is one of the guys that I met at the backwoods show and he has a very very unique really awesome turkey call that we're going to be talking about and so i don't know what all we're going to get into if i'm being honest i have some questions lined up but i'm sure it's going to be centered mostly around turkey calls so hope you guys enjoy it turkey season's right around the corner so uh man yeah pay attention to this order one of these calls, and get ready for turkey season. So that's going to do it. We're going to get a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to jump into the episode with Mr. Keith Williams right after this. If you're anything like me, you probably dream of owning your own piece of hunting or recreational land someday. If that's you, give one of the hardworking agents at Arrowhead Land Company a call. They will not only guide you through a complicated process, but also help you pick out the perfect property for your needs, whether that's hunting, farm and ranch, or just a little piece back in the woods where the warriors of the world can't reach you. Arrowhead Land Company, hardworking agents for hardworking landowners. I was reading some research done by the Mississippi State Deer Lab the other day, and they said there are basically two types of bucks, some that live almost their entire life in about 600 acres, and some that have multiple home ranges that vary by different times of the year. As I was reading, I thought there was no better argument for Deer Lab than that research. Deer Lab can help you shrink down that home range and narrow in on where that buck will be with certain types of conditions. Go check them out at DeerLab.com and don't forget to use my code Oklahoma Outdoors at checkout for twenty percent off. I know there are some people listening to this podcast that have little to no interest in deer hunting but still love to get outside. If that's you, Private Water Fishing has your back. Simply head to their website and sign up for your membership, and you will immediately have access to private lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas. No one to bother you or take your spot before you get there. Just a great experience all to yourself. Check it out at privatewaterfishing.com. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show and today I'm talking to Mr. Keith Williams. How you doing, Keith?
2: Man, I'm doing fine.
1: That's awesome. I I got to ask you real quick before we kick this thing off. I'm looking at your business card right here and right on your business card it says Keith Bobcat Williams. Is there something to oh, that?
2: Oh man, that's that's a great story right there. Back I was a I was a pretty big trapper back in the day and um the 80s yeah you know, I got really good at it, and I was catching a lot of stuff, and i was I was making some money at it. Mm-hmm. And I was into it really big when the fur prices bottomed out, and I went to a fur sale in Malvern, Arkansas, and they offered me six dollars for great big old giant bobcats. and mm-hmm. I just I just wouldn't swallow it. and I brought them back home and got the urge to make a fur coat, and it took me a couple of years to get it all done. But one of my friends, first time he saw it, he said, pointed his finger said bobcat williams and it stuck so there it
1: is (laughs) awesome i love it that's a great start great start awesome well keith real quick before we uh, start talking about turkey calls why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself well
2: i've been a hunter and an outdoorsman all my life um i was kind of a serious kid i always wanted real guns real nice real hatchets all that kind of stuff i grew up i'm just a country boy my hometown Junction City, Arkansas, Louisiana, we got about fourteen or 1,500 people here with one red light. It's pretty much been about that same size for years and years. I got, you know, I, turkey hunting's not really my thing, but I've been a carpenter all my life. And when I started working on calls in 2012, my carpentry skills guided me, you know, mm-hmm. and I realized I, I really fast that turkey call making is carpentry. Mm-hmm. And all that to you know, I just I took, I, I took off. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was it was easy for me to it was easy for me to, to come up with some stuff. I shouldn't say easy, but I did come up with some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trial and errors, error, a lot of it. It always is. And if anybody tells you any any uh, it describes it any other kind of way, they're sort of mm-hmm. might be stretching it a little bit, you know.
1: Gotcha. All right. So, so you have AM calls. And, uh, and real quick, before we kind of get into, you know, get into the weeds, why don't you just kind of describe the call a little bit and, you know, what it looks like and what it's made of?
2: You know, a lot of your traditional, I started out making your traditional pot call. Everybody calls it a pot call. Well, that was my first call. And since that time, I've designed other types of calls. I've, you know, uh, I designed a little call that's got multiple birds in it. And a, a guy from Illinois called me one day. I couldn't think of a name for it. And um, he said, Bobcat, how'd you get all those hens in that box? So I named it Box of Hens. And, you know, some, somebody gives you something really nice. You better take it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the I mean, aim. It stuck. So, you know, basically, I, I do. I still do have a pot call, but it's not my best seller. Now I've got a box of hens. I've got a design that's still patent pending. It's got two striking surfaces on the same side, mm-hmm. and it really got awesome sound. So I'm not, you know, um, i have not just let myself settle with one product. Mm-hmm. I developed a adjustable striker that's probably my best product. Um, when you, ch- it, you it allows you to change the length of that striker, it lets you adjust to your pressure and your grip and everything. And it works on all calls, all friction calls, and it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, everybody that's ever put their hands on one, or just you know, they just loved it. Mm-hmm. My main component is petrified wood, and a story about that you can read it on my website. It was really an accident, to tell you the truth. I mean, it some things happen that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Just a relative made me just insisted on me taking some petrified wood home with me and it sat in my yard for a couple of years and came in one day i'd been doing some tile work and i came in one day with my tile saw and i just got the curiosity bug hit me and i started sawing it up and making tabletops out of it and knife handles and first thing you know a friend of mine comes by and he has the idea he just sprang up the idea about trying it it might make a turkey tile surface and So it eventually made its way there. That's what got me started. And what I've really done, though, I've designed my calls to play with petrified wood. So I Mm -hmm. didn't take just your average pot call that everybody else makes, your traditional style call. Um, I break the rules every step. I I broke the traditional style of building a pot call every, every kind of way you could. And so I came up with my own little design.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and and they're beautiful calls for sure and uh man like the idea to use petrified wood to, i mean it just never even would have occurred to me like i, I wouldn't have even thought that was possible well, so. you know,
2: sometimes things just happen you know mm-hmm. I, my friend came by my shop in 2010 and
1: we mentioned it
2: he mentioned it we talked about it he came by in 2011 and we talked about it some more and in 2012 when he came by I just dropped everything I was doing and made a crude circle and grabbed some five-minute epoxy and top and, and back. And, I mean, we went to the patent attorney the next week. I mean, it just happened. It's just, just you know, it's just I, looking back, it's sort of like a maybe a little bit of a dream to it, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. been sitting out there all that time and nobody's ever tried it. I mean, it dries in 15 minutes if it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes usually, and it just got. It's got its own sound. It's 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 as different as petrified wood to slate is as different as there as much difference as there is from glass to slate or aluminum to slate.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, one thing I like uh you were nice enough to give me one at the show, and I'm sitting here looking at it. Uh, one thing that's nice is just the size of it. It's a lot smaller than your normal yeah, you pot call. A box of hens, don't you? I think that's what I get. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. That call, I mean, I've really sold a lot of those calls. And, uh, you know, I underestimated this turkey not being a big turkey hunter. Well, I'll tell you, turkey hunters don't share info very much. They like to keep <laughs> a little bit on the quiet side, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh huh. That's, that's been kind of hard for me to overcome, but I mean, it's, and as time has gone on, I'm, you know, I'm having people now, it's, it's kind of starting to get out there a little bit. I'm having people walk up to my show and, you know, really other call makers actually, which is a great compliment, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm kind of coming out of the, coming out of the, uh, dark a little bit, you might say after 10 years. Yeah, <laughs>
1: gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. After year, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I think most of the people listening probably know what a you know traditional slate call looks like. Right. Uh, but why don't you, oh, just for the people listening, why don't you describe your, your I, box I, of hens here? My
2: box of hens is approximately, let's just say, it, it's, it's, it's on a two to three proportion. If it were two inches wide, it would be three inches long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and it's closed on three sides, so it's open on the end, and you can turn that thing like a megaphone sort of and throw that sound out there. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I'll be honest with you. I I probably have missed a lot of opportunities to, to get some great footage if I'd have had a camera set up where I could have just turned it on because the look on people's eyes when they hear that thing I mean, mm-hmm. I've had everything from one eyebrow raise up an inch to two eyebrows raise up an inch to, I mean, it's, it's 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 really got, I really, really, I really hit something with that design because it doesn't matter if I put glass or slate or aluminum or petrified wood in that box of hens, it sounds good. And that's mm-hmm. something about a call because you normally don't get that. Yeah. You just don't get it. mm mm-hmm.
1: I got you. Now, as far as, uh, you know, striking this thing, is there a big difference between using this and your regular slate call?
2: No, there is, and that's a good question. Petrified wood is rough. You got to, you got to remember, remember, even if you take a piece of wood, and it's, a lot of times, even when it's gone through a planer and, and been take made smooth, if you if you run your fingernails kind of hard across the grain, a lot of times it still can even feel a little bit rough. So when that tree petrifies and turns to stone, it keeps the, the grain of the wood in it, it, it can see it. And it, it basically stays in there. It doesn't ever come out. So it's, a, it's much different from slate because you don't have to put a lot of pressure on there. You get mm-hmm. you get on my call and just float around. If you you just float around with almost no pressure, and there's a lot of there's a lot of pretty darn good callers that actually, you know, struggle with it sometimes because they're so accustomed to when you hit a slate a lot. You, a lot of the times you'll kind of hit it, come down with pressure, and then lift off. And with the petrified wood, it's it's just more of a travel and a scratch type thing. So it is very, very. It's very easy to use because of the pressure situation, and it it ruins a lot of lot of hunters. They get to where they don't even want to use slate anymore. <laughs> it's it's really easy to use, and you don't have to sand it and clean it very often. Just every once in a while, it, it will fill up with debris,
1: and it's 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 awesome. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, yeah. It really is. and and let's say you've been hitting it for a while and you need to to rough it up a little bit. How do you suggest doing that? If you well, now here's another little catch.
2: Um, slate is quite consistent in its hardness, unless you get the green slate or the red slate or whatever. It's sometimes a little softer, but the the dark black, the blackish gray slate is normally pretty consistent. Well, petrified wood varies, and hmm. Every now and then, you know, I get one that's a little extra slick. And mm-hmm. what I do is, of course, I can hit one one lick almost, and I, I, or sometimes reach down and touch it, and I know what I'm dealing with. But if, if somebody has a piece that starts to get polished off and starts to get a little slick, they just get a little rougher with it. with looks like some 60- or 80-grit sandpaper and sand it with the mm-hmm. brain. You just get a little bit more physical with it. It's all, that's all you have to do. And scratch it back up a little bit.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, man. I got to ask this question, and uh, if you don't want to give away your secret, I understand. No, but uh, wh- where, where do you get all this petrified wood?
2: Well, you know, and, and if you follow the Arkansas Louisiana line going east and west, you know we have a lot of petrified wood in our ground here. And um, there, there are people who have tried to dig ponds, and they dig up pieces. You know, half big as a car and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more common than one might think. I mean we don't in, in South Arkansas and my part of North Louisiana here, we don't we don't have our farmers like we once did. So the ground's not tilled quite as often, but you can get on some of these hills in our area and you, you could find it, you can find it anywhere. And there's mm-hmm. places down in Texas where it's just everywhere. It's it's not Absolutely. It's not uncommon to find petrified. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And Arizona right. had a lot of it, too, by the way. What was that? Arizona has, happens to have a lot of oh,
1: interesting. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: I, I can see the conditions being there. I just don't see the trees being there. Well,
2: and you know what? As Mother Nature petrified wood, it took a certain... It took a certain type of environment and the minerals. Everything had to be just right. And Mother Nature, a lot of times, just didn't petrify a piece the size of your finger. Mother Nature mm-hmm. petrified the entire tree. Mm-hmm. Well, over time, it it uh, it'll get broken up and stuff as the ground shifts and freezing and thawing and all that kind of stuff. But we there are areas around here where you can't even hardly stick a rod in the ground because the petrified wood is. I'm a solid.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, now, when I when I walked up to your booth the other day, you were talking to a gentleman and showing him the call and everything, and um, he had one of your box of hens. And uh, I heard you say that you know it's a little bit quieter of a call. And be yeah. Oh, now that, that, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Bob. Mm-hmm. Well. A lot of the turkey
2: calls that you see, and I and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and bad mouth anybody's product because any turkey call can kill a turkey. I mean that's mm-hmm. a fact. And and uh, turkeys don't sound so perfect, you know. They don't. Mm-hmm. Sound, a lot of times, like the great competition callers that you see, they may not sound just like that. So one of the qualities that my call has is how soft it will play. Now, if you get if you get on down with some pressure, it will get plenty loud enough, but it'll it will also call so soft that you and I couldn't hear it 50 yards apart or even 40, mm-hmm. but the bird may be able to hear that two three hundred yards or farther. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of calls will not. They they might get soft, but they don't sound like a real bird when they get soft.
1: And mine. Mm-hmm
2: because I have made my calls a, a, a good bit thinner than most, most pretty much everybody. I have mm-hmm. got a very, very lightweight call. It's very, it's thin, but it's strong. And it's, it's, it will really, it plays more like a guitar than, a than something that like a rattle box, if you want to use mm-hmm. that. But it, it, it my, my calls are very unique and I, every, and I have, I have some more, a couple of more designs I'm working on and I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay with the lighter weight product. I, I do believe I'm on, I'm, on a, I'm concentrating on that as I move on in the future.
1: yeah, yeah yeah I, I, I as I was sitting here playing with it and looking at it and thinking about that comment, you, know, I thought of kind of two good situations that could be good. One, you know when you first sit down and you're going to make your first call, you know there may be a bird close that you don't know about yeah and that quiet call might be enough to make him you know sound off, Yes. or kind of in, in the opposite situation, maybe you've been calling at a bird for a while and he's not committing he's hung up out there on a a fence or a creek bed or something, you know hit this thing, maybe it makes it sound like you know hens going away, maybe it makes things like farther or, or just a different hen altogether, you know, maybe there's more than one hen over there, so well, I, I definitely uh there's
2: there's no I'm, doubt you're you're onto to something there, but
1: calls. If, if that bird
2: a lot of times if that bird is gobbled at you it knows where you are mm-hmm. you know their hearing is just phenomenal and all a lot of people i'm afraid call too much mm-hmm. i just think they they you know a lot of a lot of guys that they, they put a lot of confidence in their calling maybe they're maybe they are good callers they'll live and die by the call
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and the hunters do it duck hunters will tend to want to call too much and i i just i mean the show at oklahoma i had a it wasn't it was a show where i had a little bit more time to talk to some people and spend some time with them and i had a gentleman there who has a thousand acres to hunt on and it's just full of birds and he couldn't kill a bird on it and i just said look man he told me he said look i'm not that good a hunter and i don't know what i'm doing and i said well tell me what you're doing and and i'll see if i can help you some and he was making a couple of real big mistakes, like getting in the timber when he did, really didn't need to. You know, he was fooling around accidentally and getting up under birds, which is not good. Mm-hmm. And um, I just told him he was calling way too loud and and, and probably a little too much. I, I know that guy's going to kill a good one this year. I can't I can't wait to hear from him. But you know, it's just it's, they can just hear so much better. That's why you can't walk around with. Cans rattling in your bag, and you know and this and that, because they can just hear it so far, and they know mm-hmm. them out of turkey i mean mm-hmm. it's just they don't they don't run around screaming all the time, so they're very mm-hmm. after they do their little thing in the morning, you know those woods can get mighty quiet very very fast,
1: mhm, mhm uh. Let's say somebody's, you know, comes up to your booth and maybe they're a beginner turkey caller or something kind of like you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. What uh would you recommend them get? Maybe a box of hens or would you oh, rather box, them get oh, maybe yeah. the Oh my
2: box. Yeah. Of, my box of hens. Is, you know, I designed that call thinking about ladies and kids. Uh, mm. strictly I designed it strictly from a hand-size perspective. I, mm. and uh, it's just it's perfect for it's it's, it''s it's a great call for anybody, but it, especially you know the teenagers and 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 even smaller than that, I mean, I've had some seven and eight year olds I, I, I had several under the years of eight get calls out of Oklahoma City this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that box of hens is and and the fact that you don't have to put all that pressure on it, you just travel on it a little bit. And when you, when you want to put on that thing, I, I tell the kids to just put a little weight on that thing and make believe you're picking a guitar string. So you play the little thing, you pick it. So you play it actually more like a guitar than you do anything else. And mm-hmm. it's perfect
1: for beginners. And and it's yeah. funners also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then you mentioned earlier uh, your adjustable striker. I want to make sure we talk about that a little bit. uh, Describe it and kind of the benefits of it and and why you might need one.
2: I went to a show in South Carolina a few years ago when I walked up to a table. They had a
1: real beautiful setup. And he had
2: a corner booth, and he had maybe 20 calls out there, maybe 30 at the most. And all the rest were strikers of all sizes, all prices, all everything so i i'm on the way back all the way back i'm thinking i'm I'm thinking of adjustable striker and you know and i couldn't get a mental picture of it but eventually it just popped in my head and then I, I started trying to make sure i could what components i had to use and all that but it you know i explain it like this to people when they come up if you bought a $500 striker, let's just say you you bought one, you're going to have to sand the end of it after you use it. And at, every time you sand it, you're taking off just a little to when you recondition it. And after mm-hmm. one, almost two years guaranteed, you're going to have taken an eighth of an inch off of it. And that's all it takes to change that sound. That's why that adjustable striker is so awesome. I mean, it is. It is awesome.
1: Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I heard you talking again. I think the same gentleman. You know, you're talking about you could you know adjust it, find the spot you like, and make a mark there. Yeah. But yeah. then, but R- then you could adjust R- it to get different sounds. But sure. you still know where your where your locked in spot is.
2: Sure. You know, um, if I get that thing in mass production one day, I might figure out a way to put little graduated marks on the on the shaft of the striker, but you just get out it, there again, everybody's going to be a little different. So you just get out in your yard or out in the woods, and tune that thing to where you like it. I just get when you mark it around the base of it there, where the shaft goes up into the top of it, it just gives you a reference point. That way you don't, you're not intimidated at all about moving it back and forth a little. Yeah. That, but we, we, with, with our, our hearing allows us to hear about every quarter inch difference in the in length of the striker and the bird is just for him he can hear just a minute amount. I mean it's I didn't I'll be honest with you when I designed it I didn't know it was gonna work so well. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah.
1: That well. yeah. You know one uh Definitely, probably not why you design it that way, but one handy uh, feature is you know you can unscrew it and shrink it down, put it in your pocket. You know, and then when you get where you're going, you can you know, take m- it back out.
2: I've had a lot of people mention that. That is that's that is correct. You sure can. I've even had some guys that that have taken and taken their call and drilled a little bitty hole on the back on both sides and put a little string through it and tie the striker to the call. Because they do
1: want to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, we'll talk about I mean, I'm I'm sure it's kind of the same as most uh most slate calls, but talk about the different sounds you can make with your call. I mean it can well, anything you make with a slate call, can you make with these? You know, yeah. Pretty pretty much.
2: Let me I don't even I don't here I am doing this interview with you and I don't even have one with me. Um <laughs> You can pretty much. The only thing that my call does not do is it it it, it does not have a super super loud yelp, mm-hmm. but it will cut real loud when you put. Pre- mm-hmm. I mean, you don't ever know what you're gonna get out of a call, and that's 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 the only. If you want to call that a shortcoming, it still has a yelp that's plenty loud, but it just mm-hmm. it will not scream like one of your larger pot calls. It will not do that. Gotcha. That, but gotcha. that's you know. Other than that, it probably has a it 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 has purrs that are unlike any anything that that uh, most any pot call is going to produce. Even my own calls, I, my own pot calls, I can't make them sound like that box of hints. I cannot. Hmm.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, I got a I got one or two kind of random questions for you that I want to talk right. to. you. But uh, right. before we, before we move away from your call uh is there anything that i'm missing anything you want to let people know about it
2: you know no you 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 know i told you when we spoke that that uh you know i've asked answered all these same questions about i don't know twenty five thousand times but you've <laughs> asked pretty much about the normal things uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um the petrified wood is just it's it's i'll just put it to you like this if you've got if you if you're sitting out there and you're saying to yourself, yeah well, I wish a new product would come along." And well, it has came along. Mm-hmm. You just have not heard about it. Um, yeah. A lot of times, there are a lot of small operators like myself that have really good products, but we don't have tens of thousands of dollars to advertise. Mm-hmm. So there are some. There are some. There's some good products on the market, and I see some other calls that are really good calls that I like but a lot of these guys may never get in, in the industry on a, on a, on a large scale. So, you know, do your homework and ask other hunters. I mean, that's, that's important. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm going to start doing a little bit more Facebook, um, advertising this next year. But if, if, if all the people that have bought a call from me would have been sharing the information, I would have already worn the skin off of my fingers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I understand i really mm-hmm. i understand not some somebody wanting to share because uh when you when you a turkey's not the, he's not the easiest thing to kill mm-hmm. and um especially the old bird i mean that's the one everybody wants you don't you don't you don't want the two or three year old you want the four or five year olds and they're very tough to take it's just, just yeah. simple. You know they mm-hmm. they don't run in every day and they they've heard everything. Tough, they're they're
1: they're pretty tough. They are, they are, absolutely. I, but absolutely, people, around, people don't go
2: around singing your praises. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of customers that come back to my booth, and every now and then somebody will walk up when I'll have twenty or twenty five customers there, and sometimes I look at them and I say, look, I didn't pay this guy to do this. <laughs> oh, I mean they still uh-huh. have funny looks on their faces, but but uh my calls are very unique. I'm gonna tell you and there's are there're they're I could pick if there were 500 people lined up using a call. I could tell you when you came to my to my box of hands. Yeah. Cuz it's it's un, it doesn't sound like anything else.
1: Mhm. Well, I definitely look forward to using mine this spring, and uh, if I if I kill a big old gobbler with it, I'll be sure to send you a picture.
2: Well, please do, because you're <laughs> on a, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I had a lot of people. I had a really, I really liked the back the backwoods show. It was a it was a really good show, and I had a lot of nice people who swore to me they were going to send me a photo. But I'm, I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Uh, I I didn't have this pre-planned, but, uh, you know, when you first came on, you were talking about how you used to be a trapper. Oh, yeah. And that's something that, you know, relates to turkeys maybe even more than you realize. Uh, You know, it's no secret that turkey populations are hurting across most of the United States. They are. and. You know, they think a big reason for that is nest predators, and a big reason the, for the nest predators is because you don't have as much trapping as you used to. Is I would, that, I mean, do you agree a, with that? I would have no yeah. doubt that that's correct. I I'm yeah. a
2: guy out there at Oklahoma City that told me on how many uh, pictures of raccoons he's getting on his, on his feeders. He's just mm-hmm. believable. He said they're yeah. more than ever. Yeah. You know, we got, like in South Arkansas, where I am, they, when they cut our timber over, they'll cut the timber down and the clear cuts come up. And then, man, your predators are just as thick as flies in there. Your bobcat Mm -hmm. and everything else. So, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. no doubt. Nobody, almost nobody's trapping anymore. Or because the hides are just worth nothing. And I, you know, I, I did volunteer to the gentleman, uh, in the that's the director in the state of Louisiana, I told them that i would I would teach a trapping course if they mm-hmm. if they needed somebody to because i I've got no doubt in my mind that, that it would help, yeah, you know uh yeah, it's just a dying it's a, a few years ago I went to the dump here and, and there was somebody had thrown away six five gallon buckets full of traps mm. and man i just I know some old trappers that were probably turning over in their grave, you know <laughs> like. yeah.
1: Yeah. When uh I mean when fur prices were up like you were talking about back in the 80s, were you trapping everything? I mean, were you yep. raccoons and bobcats yep. and everything? Yeah. Hmm.
2: I had one stretch uh my biggest years were 85. I mean, when I had really gotten good at it. So like to say in 1985, I was 25 years old. So I was I mean, I could I could run traps all day and skin animals for 3 hours without any problem. And mm-hmm. Eighty-five, eighty-six, eighty-seven, right in there. I mean, I trapped really hard. I had a stretch where I caught two hundred and seventy-five coons in twenty-two nights at one. And yeah. I've had a times where I had the whole bed of my pickup truck—it was game in there and it was sticking up above the bed. So I, yeah. would, I would water. I would have water sets and predator traps. And when I went into an area, I was—I would be catching a balance of animals out of there: beaver, otter, mink, everything. See? Mm-hmm. so you know nobody does that anymore yeah i don't go around in the woods at night but there's just no telling what you would see if you went down into some of our bottoms and and turned on the light mm-hmm. i can just only imagine because nobody coon hunts anymore yeah and that's got to be got to be everybody pretty much straight across the board agrees that that's a a large problem of course it's hard to say exactly how much of a problem The Oklahoma guys were talking about um, disease, got them like avian flu or whatever it was. And I'm, and I'm, that was a, that, that, that hurt, that didn't help any. And, and Illinois here a couple years ago, they had a gnat. They had a thing, a year, the temperature, everything was just right. And they hatched out gnats by the buffalo gnats, by the billions, by the clouds of them. And I think it suffocated the, because it kills, it killed people's chickens in their, in their their yard. But I think those gnats hurt the turkey
1: population up there. So,
2: you know, nature, nature can, nature can be cruel. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it seems like, and you know, I think it's more driven by turkey numbers than, than, uh, fur prices. But I do feel like in the last year or two, there's been a little bit of resurgence, uh, because I think people finally realize that, you know, somebody's got to do something. And so I've seen a lot more people being more interested in, especially raccoons. Um, And, you know, and like you were talking about, you know, Oklahoma, it's a bait state. Uh, You know, everybody's got a feeder out there or, you know, two or three or seven, whatever it is. And, and so, you know, that's definitely not helping. All you're doing is just attracting more coons, making them healthier, helping them breed. And so
2: I've said that myself. I sure have. um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know here in the in South Arkansas, I'm gonna say right around 1981, there was a disease or something hit our harpoons and they died out. We didn't we didn't have a whole lot for a couple of years. It took three for them to make a comeback. You know, mm-hmm. Mother Nature will help, but it, Mother Nature is also very unpredictable about when when you never know when. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But there are a lot of coons, and they're all over the United States. I mean, the That's population right. is 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 at a pinnacle right now. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- w-
1: In a couple months, we might have to do a episode round two and just talk about trapping because I think that'd be. That'd be a good one. I would
2: like to do. You know, I'm, I've uh, if you walked up to me and just right out of the blue said, Bobcat, what are your professional at? I would. Uh, As far as being an outdoorsman, I'd I'd say I'm a professional trapper. And even though I don't do it anymore, you know, you – it's amazing. It's just so much fun. And you're out there at a time of the year when there's not hardly anybody else in the woods sometimes. You're the only Mm -hmm. one out there. And that's that's pretty rare. You know, the woods – the ATVs have made the woods get a lot smaller. Yeah. Woods aren't big like they used to be. Mm So you can get – you know – you. You're on a lease somewhere. You're gonna have a hard time going where there's not a ATV trail within 300 yards. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. the ATV has changed the the whole outlook of the of the hunting situation quite a bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can. Absolutely, it was fun to walk. You know, you have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection well uh we're coming up on time here pretty quick but uh i gotta ask you one more question sure. if uh I, i'm sure you got one deep down in there i know you said you're not a huge turkey hunter but uh you got
2: uh i've got a I've got a, a, a youngster i'm gonna take this year locally and okay. i try to take a bird for him um mm-hmm. but you know I, i'll be honest And I, and I don't, you, when you read my website, you look at my website, I say I'm, I'm not that much of a turkey hunter. Um, it's, it's, (laughs) it's ironic that I, that I'm making turkey calls. It really (laughs) is because I know so much more about other types of hunting, especially deer, but it's just, it was, you know, it was the, it was the hand that fate dealt me and, and, Mm -hmm. You know, I I'm enjoying it so much I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it to to the audience. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I'm I've got a lot of a lot of youngsters that have taken their first bird with my calls and I've got some people who took their last bird and they've passed on, you know, mm-hmm. my call. So, you know, I'm getting to share a little bit of people's
1: lives and
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. It's 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 quite awesome.
1: It really is. Good. I'm very humble. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, I, I want I want to hear your your number one go to turkey tip. If somebody's listening to this, and you know maybe it's their first season, maybe it's their twentieth season. uh What's what's one good turkey I, hunting tip you I, got I, for the, us? The, the the greatest thing that's that's not
2: you know the greatest thing about it all is it, well it'd be a combination of little things, but I'll make make it. Make challenge yourself to take an older bird, but just don't call so much. Mm. Don't don't overcall. That's that's probably the most the most uh, the biggest mistake made most of the time is, you know, if, if you if you make an I don't care what you do if you hoot or whatever you do or you make a little soft yelp and you hear that bird gobble way out there and you say, Wow, I wonder if he could hear me? Yeah, he could hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hurt you, and just just you know, and you 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 mentioned this earlier. And I, here's another thing that's very important: is if you're hunting what you call hunting blind, if you didn't put a bird to roost, and you're just walking out there somewhere, why why call loud? Because the bird might be sixty, seventy yards from you in a tree, and you just didn't happen to spook it, and you wouldn't ever know it. And if you call really, really loud, you know it it can uh, it it can in, it can increase your chances first of all on making a mistake because I don't care who you are and I you know I I've, I've built thirteen or fourteen thousand calls in the last ten years but I I still boo boo on one you know mm-hmm. so that's I I tell I tell people this if if your calling ability is equal to a pair of twos play a pair of twos don't
1: try to play a pair of aces yeah that's that's, that's- ba-
0: rabbit
1: that's a great tip. i love that saying i've never heard that before i, I like that a lot do
2: what you can comfortably do if you can put and per do that mm-hmm. if you can soft yelp do that don't try to play the pair of tunes that you've got don't don't try to turn those tubes into aces that mm-hmm. that's my that's 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 my little saying and, and i my original little saying and most people can relate to that if they've ever played cards <laughs> that's
1: right that's right i'm I'm way more likely to have those twos than those aces when I well, play, so you know uh, the,
2: really well the bird 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 hunting is a you're not going to win the calling contest with the bird mm-hmm. you're flirting with the bird the large part of the time it's a flirtation game, it's a hard to get game, you know, especially after the first weekend of the season when they get called out a lot from then on it's all a, a flirtation game. So you got to learn how to flirt. Yeah, that's it. Right.
1: I like it, man. I, I feel like I asked for one tip and got about three in there. But well, that's that's hard, that's perfect. Now.
2: <laughs> hard to give out one thing, but oh yeah, no, but, I, that wasn't a complaint. <laughs> well, you know, not 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 just playing within your means. That would that would mm-hmm. that that's that's a, that's very important to any hunter, any turkey hunter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, patience. Throw it in there somewhere. <laughs> that's right you know, yeah so, that's i think that's where i should uh, well i didn't get to talk where, to you long enough to figure out what kind of hunter you are so <laughs> oh
1: <laughs> well, patience is definitely not my strong suit but I, i'm working on it i i finally called in a, a good bird last year and was you know that taught that taught me a lot about patience but yeah uh, yeah yeah well bobcat uh, if somebody's uh, listening to this and they're like, man, I have to get one of these calls, uh, why don't you tell them well, where to get it?
2: Uh, my website is And You can just Google me. I'm all over the Internet. You can Google Keith Bobcat Williams or AM Calls. I, you can find me. I'm not hard to find. I'm all over the Internet. You know, after 10 years, I, I'm kind of starting to be somebody, you know. <laughs> well, Good. Yeah, Good. After, I just... And 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 I'll, I'll here's one more thing I want to say before we get off the air. Now, I've had a lot of opportunities to give up at this because I it's I've had a lot of doors slammed in my face, but I I I just haven't, and I just won't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that that's good advice to all any young person out there. You, you a lot of times good things don't happen. You got to you got to really stick with it. Mm-hmm
1: yeah that is some people take
2: great. hard-headed but that's not necessarily right. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: awesome well keith i have really really enjoyed this i can't thank I, you I, enough I for coming it. on
2: i enjoyed it and and you'll have to get me back we'll do a we'll do a uh a trapping thing sometime
1: absolutely absolutely right. i'd love that well, well i appreciate it and we'll talk to you later thank you very much And there we go, folks. Huge shout out to Mr. Keith Bobcat Williams for coming on, talking about all his turkey calls. And, man, I'm telling you, these things are beautiful. They're unique. And, uh, you know, anytime you can do something a little bit different than the other people that you're kind of competing against, it's always a good thing. So, yeah, check Keith out. Um, Man, a bonus little uh, predator segment in there in the middle, and uh, I know several of you have been asking me about doing a trapping episode, so we might have to have Keith back on, talk about some, uh, some coyote trapping, some raccoon trapping, all the good stuff, because man, those predators really, really are wreaking havoc across the nation on our poor little turkey population, so all right that's it for this week guys um yeah i'm like i said uh, at the beginning me and my daughter are going to be heading out to uh the ranch this weekend uh getting ready for a little thing that i'll probably be telling you all about in the next week or two we'll see but uh so yeah that's my plan i hope everybody's safe i hope everybody's having a good time get out there enjoy the great outdoors and until next time i will see y'all right back here on the oklahoma outdoors podcast